Welcome to Head Over Feels, the podcast where we discuss matters of the heart while also using our heads, blending emotional awareness with intellectual relationship skills. We promise raw, real, and sometimes ridiculous advice on love, sex, and relationships. I'm Megan Sundra. And I'm Fernando DV. We're here to tag team you with juicy insights, tantalizing tools, and sometimes embarrassing anecdotes in order to help you have the best love life ever. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about. I didn't. I didn't write this, so I can't even tell you. <laughs> I'm just buying Megan time so she can finish chewing her food. <laughs> See, you need me. <laughs> <laughs> I do need you. <laughs> On this week's episode, we'll be answering letters about <laughs> getting breast implants, becoming kinkier, peeing while sitting down. And the do's and don'ts of impact play. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be a hard-hitting episode, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm going to get out of the way. <laughs> but you know what else I'm going to get out of the way? Yes. Is the reminder that we have an awesome Facebook group you should totally join. Yeah, the Facebook group is called Rebel Hearts, and there's no hitting on there. <laughs> That's right. And see yourselves. <laughs> but we'll give you suggestions how to hit on there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Come join us for memes and interesting articles and discussion of each week's episode. We'd love to see you there. Um, and also a reminder to share this with your friends. Yeah. We want to spread the love and spread the word for Head Over Feels. So... Give us a like, give us a review, share us on any social media platforms. If you're still using MySpace, we'll even take a share on that too. <laughs> uh, put us on your top 10. That's right. <laughs> that means we need to work on our MySpace page, Meg. Oh, damn, <laughs> so. we got to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bad social media manager. Yeah. <laughs> and then also we do offer one-on-one coaching. So that mm. means one of us, both of us, if there were three of us, we'd do three, but that means it's just two of us. And... You can go over to headoverfeelspod.com slash coaching to get more information. We can do a first discovery call to kind of assess your needs and then, you know, make a plan from there. Yeah, we can just get to know your situation and it's free and you can learn more about what coaching really entails. And we'd love to help you out. And if we can't, we can totally recommend people who can. Yeah. Yeah, And if you haven't left us a five-star rating or a written review, especially on Apple Podcasts, please do so. We would really, really appreciate it. Um, It's like the love we get from our fans is super important, and it really helps us stand out on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. But that's the main place you can leave reviews. Yeah. And also external validation is nice, too. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) let's be honest. Yeah, not going to (laughs) lie. And if you don't have an iPhone, if you're an Android user, mm-hmm. or if you have a Windows phone still miraculously, or flip phone, <laughs> then... <laughs> you can, yeah, you can still do so on the <laughs> iTunes program on a desktop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the love, you guys. We always appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to talk about the uh, peeing sitting down thing. Because, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> It's so much interesting information. And also just uh, as a sitting peer, it's such a <laughs> it's such a thing that close to near and dear to my heart and really my bum close to the seat of the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a lot on that one. Um, <clears throat> so to start off, our first letter is from Lucia, a 45-year-old bisexual woman. Lucia writes... 
This feels so silly to ask. Oh, try us. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking try it. <laughs> <I> dare you. <laughs> but honestly, I've gotten some judgment from friends when I try to talk about it. So I was hoping you guys could give me some impartial opinions. Oh, we can promise opinions. I don't know if they're impartial. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to get breast implants, but I don't know if I should. My tits stopped growing when I was a teenager before they even reached an A cup, and I've been insecure about it ever since. Clothes, swimsuits, and lingerie don't fit right on me. There are very few bras in my size, and I dread the moment a new partner takes off my shirt for the first time and has that look of disappointment on his face. Ooh. I know, I know, I should love myself the way I am, and I've tried, seriously. But when full-grown tits are a sign of womanhood, of being an adult, and I just never got to have them, I've felt outside of the, quote, pretty girls club, never fully grown. I don't think it's exactly shame I'm feeling, usually, but it's more like feeling left out, unfinished, barred from the experience of living in an adult woman's body. I don't have other curves either. To be clear, I love what my tits do for me. They're delightfully sensitive, and I love it when a partner is willing to play with them in all kinds of creative ways during sex. They really bring me a lot of pleasure. But I often fantasize about strutting around in a deep-cut dress that shows off my cleavage or the way lingerie would actually emphasize my tits and make me feel confident and sexy. I have decent confidence in general, but it just feels like they've been missing. I know there are tons of downsides to having tits. My friends remind me of how, quote, lucky I am to not have back pain, weird sports bras, men staring, etc. So I definitely don't want huge tits if I were to get them. And I know there are some health risks to surgery, but I've done my research and I know I could save up the money to do this. Should I even bother at age 45? Am I not anticipating some horrible consequences that'll make me regret it? It feels wrong to want this. Thanks for writing as Lucia. It sounds like uh, quite a conundrum to be mm. in the back and forth. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you've thoroughly thought this out. Yeah. And I think with any decision, especially anything that's uh, making a modification to your bodies or there's any potential risk, being clear about your what you're doing this, who, the, who you're doing this for mm -hmm. is most important. So um, to making sure that you're not making any permanent changes to your body um, or have any major impact on your health based on like men's opinions, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> or even when men's, you know, guys' opinions are. At the end of the day, if you are wanting this for yourself, first and foremost, and this is something that, and you are doing this for you, and you can like kind of like really break it down, then that should hopefully give you some more direction, but also being informed about making that decision is really important too. Mm -hmm. No one should be, if like, I don't know if you have any current partners right now, but if anyone is, uh, is pushing for that in your life, mm. then that's, I wouldn't say that's the best reason to do it mm -hmm. because that person is not going to be on. You're going to have those things in for the rest of your life. And, and that includes whatever, you know, challenges you may have, mm -hmm. you know, which could include, um, you know, there are maintenance and sometimes complications. Mm -hmm. Some, your body could reject, um, you know, the surgery mm -hmm. as well. You might have one, you know, one breast saggier than the other. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's, there, and I'm certainly not speaking to all of it because there's people who manage to have, you know, uh, breast implants and don't have issues and there's some who do. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and you may, you may or may not like the feeling of them being, you know, unnatural. So I think 
if you've weighed all this stuff out and you feel comfortable in that decision, uh, I think, and you do, you're doing it for you. I think the cards in your favor to like, take that, take that in charge for yourself. Cause that's something that you want and that you desire for your own self. Like there are women who've expressed that feeling that did help with like an aspect of like, you know, their own self-confidence. Mm. That's not to say like breast make the woman. It's more like, this is something that they were able to do. They had the, uh, financial ability to do so. And, you know, they did it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm feeling pretty permissive about this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you've really thought this through and you've really tried to work on it from an internal angle, which is really important. Like the whole self-acceptance, da, da, da. But I don't want to be too preachy about that because as much as we want everyone to be, you know, love the skin you're in and da, da, da. But, um, we all have weird ass things about us that look funny that we just can't freaking get over. And it's different for everyone of any gender. And it's sort of like, is it, is it possible or even an admirable goal to try to overcome every last possible insecurity and flaw you have? Like that sounds nice, but I think we are going to be working our entire lives to get there. Cause let's say mm. you get used to one thing and now like you're aging to a point and you're starting to get wrinkles. Like, well, fuck, there's a new thing that cropped up that I have to learn to love about myself. Yes. This is kind of an endless journey. And it's unfortunate we live in a society that is so judgmental based on our looks and that there's this very narrow beauty standard mm -hmm. that we can't escape being influenced by. As much as we want you to do this for reasons that are like just for you, it's impossible to tease apart the influences that culture has had on us over time. And say like, oh, I'm completely unaffected by the people around me and the culture I'm steeped in, right? Like we're all swimming in these messages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think it's wrong for you to want this. I think there's a lot of unfair stigma around getting body modification. And my personal opinion is your body is your jurisdiction and mm -hmm. the body is a canvas, <laughs> yeah. right? So like there are many ways that are more socially acceptable that we alter ourselves. Braces, contact lenses, um, hair dyeing, maybe tattoos, uh, getting your nose straightened. Like these are things that people don't usually judge much. I mean, tattoos can get a little dicey yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like quote unquote plastic surgery gets maybe an unfair deal here, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's not qu qualitatively any different than any other body modification that is more mm -hmm. commonly done. Yeah, I think that's an absolutely that's a great point, Meg. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who um, she has tattooed her eyebrows. Mm. She's like, I'm fucking over plucking my eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. And they look great. It's like they're like they're great all the time. Mm -hmm. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and it's like that's um, so that's you know another example. Also, considering people who um, you know identify as trans or non-binary, you know, yeah, I think it's unfair. I really like how you put it, like. For us to just get over the stuff that we're, you know, if we're mm -hmm. having this body, uh, this body dysmorphia experience, we're just like this. It's like we have this interpretation of like what we, our body, we want our body to be, and it's not. Mm -hmm. And yeah, obviously there may be some cultural and external influences, but th when people go through these things and have the resources to do so, and it makes a huge impact on their life, you know, going through transitioning and such. Mm -hmm. And then they feel like oh, I'm feeling, I feel like I'm matching, you know, the, the body, gender, whatever mm -hmm. that, that matches me, you know? Right. And, and you know what, if you have the resources and you're doing this for yourself and this is something that, yeah, that, um, you're able, willing to do, mm -hmm. I think, agree. Like, I think we're, we give you our 
absolute fucking blessing. For Hell that. yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> you have one body, you have one life. You don't know how many years you're going to be here. And obviously, you know, it's not a magic bullet that's just going to make you love yourself completely the minute you get them. Like there's an adjustment period. You might have some weird emotions about it and you'll have other struggles about your own self-acceptance like everyone else that you're going to go through still, too. So it sounds like you have your head on your shoulders about this and that you're aware that, you know, this can become something detrimental if you're like chasing perfection and getting tons of surgeries and it becomes mm. like a bandaid to a deeper wound. Right. Definitely watch out for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not getting those vibes here. No, I'm not. It sounds like you, you've thought this out, researched it and just like, it sounds like you've already made your decision mm. and you know, it's unfortunate, you know, that your friends or even other people are going to stigmatize because ultimately if you're happy for this decision, no one has fucking autonomy about your, over your body except you. Right. And you've got to really own it. And even if they make comments to you afterwards, like you have to prepare yourself to be like, fuck it. I did what I wanted to. I'm happy with it. Everyone's got their own problems to deal with. I got mine. And this is how you felt like dealing with it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you're happier for it, then who the fuck are they to say anything about it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're envious about your new breast. So. <laughs> so, yeah, we hope that you can go forward and get the breast that you've been wanting and get and do whatever you that you feel like you need to for yourself mm -hmm. so that you can feel comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. yeah, and maybe journal about it a little bit so that you can look back at the reasons why you did this in case you start getting mm. absorbed in what other people are saying about you or to you. And you can just sort of ground yourself in the reasons why that came from your heart that were like, oh, I, here's why I want to do this. Here's what I want to feel. Mm -hmm. Here's my goal in all of this. Here's my limitations, like what other things I'm not willing to do. And then, you know, or like list out the pros and cons and like yeah. weigh those out. It can be really nice to just sit with yourself about it, mm -hmm. kind of tune out the external world. Yeah. Well, good luck. And if you mm -hmm. do choose to get breast implants, uh, we hope you love them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our next letter comes from Sergio, a 28-year-old straight man, and he writes, how can I be more kinky? <laughs> Here's why I ask. I've been dating a woman for a couple, uh, a couple years older than me for about four months, and we have such a fun and intense connection. It was very sexual right from the start. It's not, I'm not complaining. It's just that she's clearly more experienced than I am and very kinky. She'll talk about all the crazy things she wants to try with me, the scenes she wants to role play with me, even some exhibitionism and involving other people. Okay, cool. I mean, I've watched porn and I'm not a brood. <laughs> it's just that I've never dated anyone who wanted that stuff. And when I jack off, I just watch some basic porn to get help me get there. I haven't explored much into that world. It's kind of intimidating. And while I hate feeling like this, I really want to figure out what to do so we can explore all this and have a great time together. I could easily see this being a longer relationship, and that's so exciting. But I don't want to fuck it up or just be so basic that she gets bored with me. I'm also afraid no matter what I'll do, I'll never be enough, or I won't learn fast enough. She seems a little impatient sometimes, and I really don't want to disappoint. I know my oral skills are bomb, but I have no <laughs> idea how to like tie someone up or talk dirty or role play. She mentioned her exes were more kinky than me, and it's important. It's something that's really important to her, but she's willing to stick around to see where this goes. Please help. Hmm. Thanks for writing, Sergio. Yeah, thank you. I want to congratulate you on the willingness and open-mindedness that you clearly have to try new things. 
because I think that's so valuable and mm -hmm. really important and an admirable skill that mm -hmm. not everybody has. Um, and this sounds like a promising connection, you know, that's exciting. You've got a whole world in front of you and I understand it's hard not to be intimidated, especially when you don't know a lot about the kink world, mm -hmm. right? It's just sort of like, whoa, I don't know a lot about this. There's just sort of what the media portrays in TV and movies is like a sensationalized, dramatized <laughs> theatrical portrayal yes, of yeah. kink and BDSM. Um, I want you to hone in on something you wrote in your letter the things she wants to do with you, the things she wants to try with you, explore with you. She wants to do these things with you. Mm. And it sounds like she's more interested in you as a person than just you fulfilling a role of being kinky enough. Yes. So like, it sounds like you guys are, you know, creating a good connection beyond the kink. And remember, keep in mind that like, she's not here to judge you. She's here to connect with you. And, connection can happen in a really powerful and unique way through BDSM. So I would start off with doing your own research about kink as much as you can, like reading articles, watching videos, listening to podcasts, you know, dig through, our, like binge our old episodes. We talk about a whole <laughs> bunch of different stuff. And that way you're kind of equipping yourself with some baseline knowledge, the vocabulary and the norms within this community, learn uh, the etiquette, safe, sane and consensual, RAC, another acronym we're going to go over in other episodes. Um, but that way it won't seem so mysterious and she won't be put in the position of like the holder of all the knowledge and that you are sort of a passive recipient. Right. This is your journey too. whether you continue to date her or other people in the future. You're on a lifelong exploratory journey of your own sexuality and how much and whether and what types of kink you want to involve is up to you. Just so well-spoken. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel very passionate about that. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even think about that, but that part you said where uh, she wants to do that with you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can also use her as a resource too. Like mm -hmm. while you can do your own research, um, she's also the person you, you know, you don't have to do this just to impress her or to like mm -hmm. win her mm -hmm. love or something. Mm -hmm. Do this because you're curious, you're genuinely curious and want to explore this and see, you, you might find like, you know, spanking's out, but bond, you know, rope bondage is in mm -hmm. for me. And so, um, you can, so I would encourage you to find, to talk to her about, well, about the things that she likes and why she likes them, you know? And if you're just like you, you're, um, and I'm not going to, I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but if you're finding you're just really vanilla and you're just like, you don't, your experiences are very limited in that, then just, um, you don't need to beat yourself up. You know, mm -hmm. that's, there's nothing wrong with not being kinky totally. or not having this like wide vocabulary of experiences or knowledge. It's just, this is just your life journey. This mm -hmm. is where you're at. So asking her like, Hey, what, well, let's talk about what do you like and why do you like mm -hmm. it? So like, get started getting into her head about it. Cause I'm sure she would love to tell you why exhibition is <laughs> totally. exciting or why rope why she wants to even role play this certain thing with you yeah because clearly she has a she's got the fantasy already in mind so there's something she's she knows that you don't yes so i think asking her will like get you can learn about it you know find out what she likes and then also do your own research too mm -hmm. maybe watch some porn together mm -hmm. and then she can kind of point out like this right here fucking hot as fuck you know and yeah the, and and she could explain why she thinks that is and so then you can start you can hear from her, her experience, and then you can kind of like observe when she shares like, oh, now I'm starting to understand like conceptually. Mm. And sometimes, uh, I know sometimes for me, like I like to understand how 
the bigger, you know, like the conceptual things. And then it helps me like, okay, now that I understand conceptually what's going on, I can, then I can, you know, dig into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that may or may not work for you, but I, that's something that I, as a way for, I like to learn things. Yeah. So maybe that's something you can do with her uh, in conversation, in times you're connecting, and also with, um, and, you know, you two exploring it together too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you're just uh, making out or fooling around a little bit or straight up fucking have fun fantasizing aloud to each other about like a scenario you might want to try or like, oh, if we're doing this, what would you want me to do to you? And kind of walking through the hypothetical because that can be a great way to explore it with your mind, but you don't have to actually do the thing yet. Ooh, yeah. So that's a nice way to like dip your toes in the pool. I would also recommend a couple journal exercises. So one would be separately, each of you should write out maybe a description of your erotic self. Um, We're going to be releasing something soon regarding the erotic blueprint of who you are. Mm. Um, (laughs) And, but like getting clear on what turns you on, what turns you off, what things do you want to explore? Maybe make a list of things, you know, you're into and a list of things you would like to try and haven't tried yet. Then bring your list together and describe, read them to each other, talk about them, find the overlaps or the gaps. And then the journal exercise together is like create your erotic bucket list together. (laughs) What sort of scenes do you want to try? What sort of like toys or implements do you want to play with what sort of concepts do you want to explore what sort of limits are there and that way this becomes a collaborative co-created effort together to create Mm. the sex life of your dreams (laughs) and you can also relax a little into the position of the one being led like maybe she's getting off on the fact that she's kind of holding your hand and leading you through this world she sounds a little impatient I, i didn't love that but if you guys can get to a place where she can enjoy being the leader, the knowledgeable one, that's kind of hot. And, you know, it's like a student-teacher relationship yeah. a little oh, bit. You can role yeah. play that. Yes. <laughs> and that way uh, you can kind of enjoy the journey and acknowledge that this isn't all going to come at once either. Just gonna hey. say, <laughs> oh, walked right into that one. <laughs> but like, this will be something that slowly develops over time and may morph and change with your personality or your life situation or your health. Like, it'll always be all over the place. There's always something new to learn, no matter how experienced you think or she thinks she is in this world. Mm. And that's kind of a relief, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, this has to, this could be a fun exploration. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it a game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of games you can gamify, mm-hmm. you know, kink and exploration of that. You could do something like, I don't know, um, choosing different like kink genres to explore or watch and then see how you each react to it. Um, you could probably, I'm sure, figure out some way to, if you have if you have the old Twister. You guys remember Twister? Oh. Is that the still thing? Yeah, I'm sure there's a sexy Twister you could do. Totally. Every time that you spin red, you know, and or if someone loses, they have to be spanked. You know, the, the, you can. The possibilities are endless about what you could do when it comes to game. You know, or you could do dice rolls. You know, yeah, and then just but list out the numbers, and each number represents a different. Uh, activity Mm -hmm. and so that could be a fun way to like um get rapid exposure over many things totally okay well i rolled you know one roll of dice is going to be what you do and then others can be body parts (laughs) Ooh, fine yeah and so you know it doesn't have to be this like stressful like end all thing where if you don't do it your partner is going to leave you you know and that's just like you can let them know hey like i want to i want to be able to like explore this with you but also you know, I just want you to know that I'm 
I'm ripe and new at this. So mm-hmm. I like I like he said, like, you know, be the leader. And for me, maybe we can try some of that role playing and see what that's like mm-hmm. and then go from there. Yeah, her patience and acceptance will be key here. So advice to your partner, you know, <laughs> like go at the pace that you're comfortable going, not the pace she wishes she could go at. Like, yes, this may take some tempering. And if she's used to like pro doms and like super experienced people, she's got to kind of adjust her expectations with someone who's totally new here. So hopefully she can kind of reel in and match a pace that you both feel comfortable and authentic with. And that'll help create a better emotional bond between you anyways and really foster that trust that like, oh, I'm not being rushed, right? You can like really trust somebody more in that situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and you mentioned about the dirty talk and I know we touched this on a previous episode, Mm -hmm. but yeah, reading erotica is a great way to, you know, get ideas with how to talk, what to do, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and maybe while you're on your own, if you're just watching basic porn, maybe spice it up a little bit, watch some kinkier stuff and just get, yeah, just like start expanding your horizons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And when it's safe to gather again, I know we're in the midst of COVID fluctuations, go to some live demos. There's in most major cities, kink communities who hang out and Ooh, do yes. non-sexual things together and just, you know, make friends or talk about things in a more intellectual, but not in practice way. And then there's also like live events and parties and demos and workshops and stuff like that. And so getting involved in that community will help you get a sense of belonging. You're not the only newbie here. There's so many things to learn and here's people who can guide you and they're more, you know, knowledgeable mm-hmm. and it makes it fun. It's now a communal thing yeah. if you're into that. Yeah. Yeah, so we wish you the best, Sergio, and, you know, don't stress it. Just, like, uh, beat it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Fernando. I know. I was really, really reaching for that one. (laughs) We're here for all the good ones and the bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and letter number three comes from Bex, a 22-year-old straight woman. She writes, hey, Megan, Fernando, I've got a weird one. Again, try us. <laughs> Don't even play. <laughs> Fucking deliver. <laughs> you better. <laughs> I've been dating this guy for about six months, and we've gotten more comfortable around each other lately. So it wasn't weird when he left the bathroom door open last week when he went to pee before we went to bed. I went in to start brushing my teeth and saw he was sitting on the toilet. Sitting in all caps. To pee, like full on sitting down like a girl. I looked at him in shock, but he just looked blankly at me and said, what? I said, you sit down to pee? I didn't know that. He just kind of laughed and shrugged saying, yeah, so I didn't know what to say. So I brushed my teeth and went to sleep, even though he'd been hinting all day he wanted to have sex that night. Honestly, I was turned off and so weirded out. It's been kind of bothering me for days. Isn't this weird? How does he not know that? I think it's emasculating. Only girls sit down to pee, and I'm not sure how to think of him now. What the fuck? Uh, Bex, disappointment, first of all. (laughs) You promised a weird one. That is not weird. We're going to tell you why. Yeah, well, first off, I pee sitting down. (laughs) Yes. I think there's benefits to sitting. First, it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, uh, well, I have a funny story to tell about this. I was going to say, like, you're not going to get the pee outside the toilet. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I was actually at a friend's house uh, the other night and uh, went to the bathroom, did my normal business. And then when I was like 
ready to you know finish up. I was like, why is there? It was like looking at off the side of the floor. Like, why is there pee on the floor? I'm like, oh, that's for oh, that's for me. <laughs> like, how did it get? And I look in the toilet, like, and I was like, oh, definitely did not end up in the toilet. Oh, so no. I walked out. I'm like, so while they're cooking dinner, hey, do you all have a paper towel and a cleaner I can borrow? And it's like, yeah, and that's like I I will explain later, but I definitely did not I kind of peed on your floor. <laughs> and so when I got out, they're like, thank you. And they're like, okay, tell us how it happened. <laughs> yeah. You can get through the space between the seat and the, the bowl, right? Yeah. I, so sometimes whenever you're pointing down, um, and if it's like you have a lot of pressure, it can leak out. And I've uh, sometimes it's weird because sometimes when I'm home, I'm just like, Jesus, am I like just horrible aim or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I got clean, and it's always like, I it's like a thing I can laugh at myself about like I pee on the floor again right. <laughs> like a fucking dog Jesus <laughs> but so aside from those instances I don't have to worry about lid up or down it's always down mm-hmm. which is I think great for everyone yeah. secondly I'm not peeing on the lid I'm not spraying it everywhere like for fuck's sake men <laughs> like why is it that I can't go to a goddamn venue Especially at a concert, and there's I don't have to wipe and wipe down the fucking toilet. Yeah, right. For fuck's sake, like at least wipe when you're done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so annoyed that I have to like wipe every. I have to look. I'm like, oh, of course, I have to wipe it every single time. And the few times when I, whenever I uh, get to the go to the women's bathroom because the man's not available, mm-hmm. then that one's always cleaner. I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> Although I did read that like 90 something percent of women hover over public bathrooms. So like, uh, you know, vulva havers do it too, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's not always the cleanest experience, but yeah, a lot more men sit down to pee than you'd think. And thank you for your anecdotal um, data there (laughs) and support. I too have known many men who... um, have told me that they sit down to pee and they prefer it that way. It's relaxing. You don't have to worry about your aim. You can be drunk or tired and you know it's going to go in the bowl. (laughs) For the most part, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have a cleaner and paper towel ready. Sure. Or lots of paper. Yeah, or like I've been told that while they're sitting, if they just feel like pooping in that moment, then they're already sitting. They can just do that. And, you know, so there's some versatility there. But um, (laughs) I tried to look this up to get stats and I could only find one study in support. But basically, there's a 2007 study from Japan that showed 49% of men sit. And this had gone up significantly in the decade prior from like, I think, 12% or something. So it really Mm -hmm. jumped up in a decade. And it's been a while since 2007. (laughs) (laughs) um shockingly (laughs) but (laughs) so i imagine things have risen since then and that in other countries with similar cultures you could you might be able to expect similar numbers um i don't have any for the u.s but that would be fascinating i've heard that it's rising here as well Mm. (laughs) yeah and also there is a i did find so uh, speaking of studies i did find a 2014 study by the leiden university medical center in the netherlands Mm. they found that sitting down helps men with prostate problems such as lower urinary tract disease mm-hmm. to urinate with greater force as the sitting position encourages a more, quote, favorable urodynamic profile. Wow. A phrase I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. 
So there's actually benefits, you know, that support this. So yeah, um, it encourages a greater bladder emptying. I've read, and which decreases the likelihood for bladder stones or um, other related prostate issues, like you mentioned UTIs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important regardless of your age, but it's also a situation that older men with prostate issues might face. So. Yeah, that sounds like really important things to yeah. avoid. <laughs> so it's healthier, it's more relaxing, it seems more efficient. And also it's just like what people do in private isn't your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I mean, do you want to have a conversation with someone who's like peeing standing up? They're going to miss. Yeah. But if you're sitting down, they're more likely than not going to keep it in the toilet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you also share the the interesting factoid that we were telling you about earlier oh yes god i stumbled about this <laughs> upon this one uh, it was a vice article that said that um they were interviewing an expert i believe i don't remember in what but he <laughs> had this fact to share that um in victorian times that women would pee while walking standing up they would just go out for a walk. That was like when a good time was to relieve themselves. And it was because they would, would wear so many complicated layers to their outfit. There were the expectations to have these very complex and difficult to remove garments. And so it was like more convenient to just walk and pee and just like let it come out. On the and we were kind of debating before the start of this episode about like how easy that is because I don't think that's too easy. Walking and peeing? No. Yeah. I think for me... I was sharing that. What well, I think any kind of movement and peeing is hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's like I need to start sta- like being still, and then I can be mobile. Yeah, it's best to relax those muscles. It's easier to pee. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm totally guilty sometimes when I really need to pee and I pull over, or I'm like in a parking lot somewhere. <laughs> Where I'll open the door. Gosh, you're gonna you're gonna see me in public now. Oh God. You're gonna be, and then what I'll do is like if I, if I really need to pee, I'll open one door. <laughs> I'll have my cell phone up to my ear like I'm talking to someone. And then I'll try to like position myself where it's like away from traffic but facing my the car and try to like and then once I get started and we're pointing down, then I'll start moving, acting like I'm looking for something at my car. And I'm like, oh, and I'll act like, oh, I can't see it or anything. And I'll just get really loud in my voice. So I'm just like trying to act like I'm on the phone. And then when I finish, I'm like, oh, no, oh, I'll gotta go. I can't, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs> and so um it's a I mean so far, have not had any issues with <laughs> run-ins or anything. No one's ever been like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's uh, um, and maybe that's my own. Maybe people have noticed and never said anything. They're like, I don't even want to talk to that fucking. <laughs> but uh, just a pro tip for anyone who wants to try to pee in public and get away with it. So yeah. trying to be decent about it, and also as relatively, you know, uh, you know, uh, on the covert side true. as I could. True. True. So. Well, Bex, we want to highlight for you that <laughs> that's totally normal to sit down and that um, you should not shame your partner about nope. it. Let him do his thing mm-hmm. because you would want the same treatment for yourself, right? And I mean, you pee for sitting down. It's not a gendered thing. Like, it's not, you know, right? We pee, pee however you want to pee. If you want to pee standing up, fucking do it. If you yeah. want to pee standing, sitting down, do it. Yeah. And, you know, let this perhaps be an exercise in trying to dismantle the rigid gender expectations that are out there in the world that you've clearly internalized. And it's time to release that stuff because we live in a world. Oh, no, I walked into it again. 
you get the picture. Yeah. Thanks for writing, Bex. <laughs> Thanks, Bex. <laughs> Tirade aborted. Yes. <laughs> You're doing so well. I just yeah. shaved 10 minutes off this episode. <laughs> You're welcome. Can't say nothing's, can't say strong, bad, never did nothing for the peoples. Right. Shout out to my homestar runner fans yes. so our spotlight topic today is about impact play and do's and don'ts yes what is impact play take so, it away Megan. yeah so impact play is basically any consensual sexual activity that involves uh impact upon the body either with a hand or another implement and so this can be spanking, which is probably the easiest one and the most common one mm -hmm. that we think about, yep. but also could include smacking, flogging, whipping, paddling, caning, or even punching. Caning. Yes. Like using a cane as its own. Like, yeah, <laughs> usually like a really thin, long cane. Okay. And so it produces a very sharp impact as opposed to like the broad, flat impact of like a paddle, for okay. example. But yeah, you can use other weird shit. Hairbrushes. Mm. belts oh, i've used back scratchers before oh shit yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of room for creativity here folks yeah, exactly but there's a lot of room for injury here too which is yes. why we wanted to go over the do's and don'ts and obviously we can't cover every possible do and don't but we want to cover some of the most common and, yeah. and important ones yeah. and before we delve into that uh, if you listen to the previous episode we do talk about some of the like the psychology of like well why do people like being tied up in bondage mm -hmm. there are definitely i would say there's definitely some crossover across the different kink play things that mm -hmm. you can do mm -hmm. and so i think the same applies when it comes to impact play where it can feel like a in a sense of like a liberation or taking back like mm -hmm. if you were spanked as a child and it was not done in a very healthy or productive manner you can take it back as adults um because you you're like electing to do it, yeah, now, right? It's by and choice. it's within the rules and boundaries you've agreed upon. You have a right to. You can basically end the scene at any time. Whereas yeah. when you're a kid, you have no choice. Exactly. There's also um, sometimes it's a when it comes to sensation. It's a form of sensation play. Yes. You want to sometimes having such intense um, sensations, you know, repeatedly, you know, being <laughs> happening upon your body will can produce like obviously lots of euphoria mm -hmm. highs it can also just kind of take you make you really fucking present too you know <laughs> right? it's kind of it's kind of hard to like be thinking about anything else when you're getting your ass like beaten to a pulp so true uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um there's something to be said about even after the after effect of just like um the release of just like wow like yeah my I, it hurts sitting down to pee mm. but um God did his speaking of the last thing we just <laughs> talked about. But I feel maybe a sense of even relief, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, um, you know, I've had experiences where someone's like, I'm having a hard time being present. Or I'm just like, my head's over. It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to beat you for a little bit or spank you. And that helps bring them to like their body and to mm. the present. So there's, um, so there's some like mutual beneficial experiences there yeah yeah it's certainly a rush and the, the chemicals in play there are serotonin and endorphins that the body releases in response to pain so it's kind of a controlled 
release of those things where those things can certainly happen naturally in other uncontrolled situations. But this is one where um, it is a very controlled and bound experience. And it's also an excuse to be transgressive and do something taboo, right? Yeah. Like, I would never tolerate being smacked in the face just spontaneously in my life. I'm like cooking dinner and my partner comes and smacks me in the face. I'd be like, oh, we're done now. That is it. No. But in the bedroom, you can elect to be spanked or smacked or flogged in ways that you would never accept elsewhere in your life. And the reason there's a difference is because you've elected to create a container around the time and space and the degree to which and the location in which you're going to get spanked. (laughs) And it builds that trust with your partner. So you can experience sort of a physical rush and the sort of naughty nature of what you're doing without serious emotional repercussions that would have happened if it were done without your consent, right? Mm. So you're kind of controlling the situation such that you don't actually get hurt, you know, and we, we're going to go into like marking and, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> breaking skin and things like that, yes. which are a risk here. And sometimes they're an elected risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So on that topic, let's talk about some of the do's, the impact play do's, mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. we would highly suggest and encourage um, to have the most, you know, fun time. Mm-hmm. Have a safe word. Oh, yeah. So listen to our previous episode about safe words. Yes. But safe word, ultimately, an agree- in short, agreeable word that you can indicate to the person um, who is beating you <laughs> <laughs> that um, when to effectively stop. Because sometimes stop uh, doesn't mean stop. Mm-hmm. And so you need to agree if pineapple or uh, Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> means stop, then... Whatever your safe word is, then that is the word that they immediately stop the scene, check in, and then you can continue or adjust accordingly and go forward mm-hmm. and keep having fun. Mm-hmm. The next would be disgusting toys. Mm-hmm. So you might be like, yes to the paddle, no to the frying pan. Mm. Um, you may also get creative and be like, I'm going to like put this you know, metal rod in the freezer for a little bit and oh. then you can have some different sensations too. That's true. You can play with temperature of the mm-hmm. object. That's yeah. awesome. You yeah. can also mix up the, um, uh, like adding a blindfold helps to take away a certain sense, like the, the vision, and then that can magnify other senses and it adds an element of surprise. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to feel the impact? You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little scary. It's uh-huh. a really fun. <laughs> That's next level for sure. That's not yeah. 101, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do also start off slowly, even if you have experience with impact play in one area of the body or with one type of implement, you don't know necessarily how you're going to feel about another part of the body or a different implement. Mm-hmm. So talk with your partner about, you know, if they're going to be the one administering this, ask them, hey, all right, start off very softly, work your way up. And it's their responsibility to watch your reactions, check in with you and communicate as you go and discuss afterwards. You know, you can also create a scale like one to ten. You know, like start at a two, babe, and maybe work your way up to a six. And obviously this is completely relative. Yes. yes. But <laughs> at least you have some understanding that this will be gradual and they're not going to go straight to a 10, like their absolute hardest smack <laughs> yes. right out of the gate. Yes. Probably not a good idea. Yeah. Unless unless that's an agreed upon situation. Sure. And, and maybe you're, uh, whoever's getting beaten 
is a little bit more seasoned mm-hmm. and they're like um maybe if you're into like that brat play they're like oh you're gonna hit me fucking harder daddy <laughs> and you're like oh are you okay oh that's a challenge yeah then <laughs> game on <laughs> so just remember your mouth will get you in trouble <laughs> oh shit and that can be a fun like dynamic to play as well mm-hmm. <laughs> another piece that's um important to talk about do talk about your boundaries Mm -hmm. so what does that look like boundaries making sure like no maybe you're like no on my thighs maybe thighs is hard inner thighs is a hard no Mm -hmm. um maybe you like being smacked but not in a certain way maybe like cheeks are okay but chin no Uh. um maybe so like also we want to consider and i was going to get this to don'ts but i think it's important to mention now there are specific areas like the stomach and the sides mm. that you want to be a little bit more a lot more careful with because mm-hmm. obviously you have organs there and as mm-hmm. much as you can have fun we don't want to cause like permanent bruising or damage like serious damage. harm yeah. yeah so like if you're going to do the stomach or the sides i um then keep that light mm-hmm. and but then like you know stuff like the back is more protected your butt is definitely a great fucking area. Mm-hmm. The feet, you know, you got to figure that one out. You know, some people like that shit. Some <laughs> Right? Muscle. Focus, at least in the beginning, on areas of muscle or fat on the body, mm-hmm. not joints or bones that are close yes. to the skin right. or delicate organs like the eyes. <laughs> Jeez. <no. laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, sometimes you think, all right, we're going to start off with the butt and you're getting flogged and like one of the little cattails of the flogger hits your butthole that's a whole other experience a whole other experience. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> thank you thank you fernando <laughs> so you might learn some limits in that experience as well and therefore just because you like one implement on one location doesn't mean you will like or have to like an implement on a different location yeah. Because there's so much variability. You may love a hand on your ass, but you may hate a whip on your feet. That's a whole different experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I guess I'm going to jump back with the toys. Mm-hmm. You may also want to figure out what toys you like and don't like. Mm-hmm. Because you, why you can also agree what you know you want to be dealing with today. You may be like, you know what? The floggers are fucking over me ever again right. <laughs> after the whole feet thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Or you may find like, you know what? I like wider things and not like the sharper pains. You yeah. Know? Or you might be like, give me surprise me today oh man <laughs> so um just to add to that it's important to to, to learn through experience mm-hmm. what you like and don't like and don't and just because someone likes using it doesn't mean that you need to say yes to it right you need to like know what you're okay with and if you're like dude every time you use the cane it really it it definitely takes you to a 10 really quick mm-hmm. so if and and if that's not enjoyable for you then make that clear that like eh, i'm not i don't I, I would prefer not using that toy. Yeah. That's fine. That's why you have, um, you even as kids, we didn't have just one toy in our toy box. <laughs> yeah. We had lots of toys. <laughs> Absolutely. All over the place. And the same with Kingster. She's not going to have one toy and that's it. She's going to have lots of toys. Get the garden variety. Right. You can get totally creative with this. Yeah. Um, also suggesting take a class or demo, as we were talking about with other King Play earlier. Um, that way you can see how other people do it, sort of the way they progress through a scene, the ways that they test out their partner's limits or read their partner's reactions. Um, and this will kind of guide your behavior as well. That way you're not just completely reinventing the wheel, mm-hmm. going into the darkness, being like, we don't know what we're doing. Let's smack each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or emulating what you see in pornos, because obviously that's performative and and under a whole different set of agreements, yeah. right? That you didn't see negotiated. You don't know what their whole 
thing was that they talked about. So it may be presented in a more extreme way or consent may not be clearly explained in the video, but you know, there, there were other things that happened behind the scenes. Exactly. Um, also I recommend not doing impact play, especially not when you're first starting out under any influence of any substances. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get drunk and then be like, yeah, let's try that spanking thing we've been talking about because it dulls your ability to feel pain and you may end up regretting how hard you went later. And yes. it dulls your ability to be self-aware of like where your limits are too. Yeah. So it's a disconnective experience, not a connective one. Exactly. And even add to that, especially with consent, because if you're, let's say if you're inebriated, you know, mm. there's a saying like, don't drink and kink. Mm, um, love it. So if you're going to, if you're inebriated and you're beating someone, make sure that uh, then if you're kind of like enjoying yourself and you're not as cognizant of the other person and you're, so your ability to be aware of their safety and, and consent is mm -hmm. going to be very loose mm -hmm. and that can be dangerous. Um, so highly advise against that, even with skilled people, like you want to make sure that you're fully present because you can hurt people. Yes. Um, and outside of what you've agreed upon. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this can be fun. This can be sexy. You can cause wanted pain and you cause unwanted pain. So, mm -hmm. uh, speaking of unwanted pain, we should also talk about marks. Mm -hmm. So some of us unfortunately have very strict and, um, <laughs> Uh, how do you say judgmental workplaces and, oh. and, and or people or whatever the case is. So you want to make sure that you've communicated what marks are okay and not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like when you were a kid and you're like hickeys, you're like, uh, let's avoid the hickeys on the neck. Yeah. Yeah. Only mark people with their consent. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. some people like, yeah, like beat my ass all you want, but like preferably nothing above, I don't know, torso right? Uh, or, you know, close to the shoulders because you might have more revealing clothes and mm -hmm. you don't want to explain why is your sh or shoulders black and blue right. and are you okay? Are right. you safe? And you're like, oh. Because oh. you don't want to have to reveal your kink life just because yeah. somebody's asking and concerned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah unless that's something you like doing. <laughs> right. But usually they don't need to know. They just like want to know about your safety. So best to keep that private. But there is some... There are some people who like getting marked in order to show it off. So just make sure that everybody's on board about, you know, consenting to that. Yeah. And there, I think I've heard someone say even there are some laws that are good to be aware of because if even Ooh. with consensual play, it can be considered um, like physical abuse. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. I think even Colorado might be under that. So it's a... Mm. And, and so those are things to be very careful. Of. Like even if it's like you're two or consenting, sober, sane, safe... Um, that some laws have not caught up to the reality of kink. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. you need to be careful about those things. So all that being said, um, make sure you find out what your the the lines, the guidelines are for marking and, and adhere to those for yeah. the sake of everyone involved. Yep. <laughs> well, we hope that we gave you some good starting points and do's and don'ts that you can act on <laughs> and that, um, you know, doing your own research is super important here. So go explore other resources mm -hmm. besides just this episode, obviously, and explore with caution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And have fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the point. Beat that ass. <laughs> <laughs>
We love recommending books to you on this podcast, and we want to make it super easy for you to use these incredibly helpful resources in your own love life. That's why we've teamed up with Audible, which has thousands of titles of all genres, which you can listen to while driving, cleaning, cooking, or any other activity. We don't judge. If you sign up through our link, you can get one free audiobook and one free month trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash headoverfeels. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. To submit your question, go to our website, headoverfeelspod.com. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at headoverfeelspod. Please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and review in your podcast app of choice. See you next week.